0: Today's episode is with Jamie O'Connor, who's the digital mad scientist at Inspired Focus Digital. I love my episode with Jamie. She's someone who deeply understands digital marketing. And it's something that, frankly, it can feel like just an experiment. I'm just trying something. I'm just kind of hoping that it works. Jamie has deeply developed her craft in this area. She's not just another digital guru who gives you advice on how to grow your brand that ultimately doesn't work. Jamie gets it. She understands it. And she has developed the tried and true strategies for how you can grow your business online in the digital space. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're back at our PodMax event, and we're sitting down with the Jamie O'Connor. If you don't know Jamie, she's a strategy nerd. In fact, she's a digital strategy nerd. Now that she's self-described... I didn't call her that. She calls herself a digital strategy nerd. She also calls herself a mad scientist. She knows advertising really well, and she's dedicated to helping brands understand their growth opportunities in the digital landscape. As you've probably figured out, there's so many opinions, there's so many thoughts out in the digital world on how you grow your digital brand, but she actually has done it firsthand with her business, Inspired Focused Digital. Uh, all the way back from selling scrunchies in fourth grade to a grocery delivery business to a social inter- enterprise that bled itself dry, she understands business, she understands entrepreneurship and she has helped marketing teams grow their businesses uh, with organizations such as the NFL, the NCAA, US. Cycling, USA Cycling, and other brands like Pro Challenge, uh, Silipent, Happy Hairbrush, and Savor Beauty. Uh, She is on a mission to educate up-and-coming brands with the knowledge they need to level up and play in the professional arena. Hey, Jamie, I am so happy to have you here today.
1: It's so great to be here with you today. (laughs)
0: Well, we, we finally made it happen after some really wacky, um, you know, I've, I've done, this would be, I don't know when this episode will air, you'll be somewhere in like the 160s or 170s of, of podcasts that have aired. I've never had my podcast, The Microphone Die, but of course, the first 10 minutes, that's what we were trying to figure out. And so, you know technology, and so you know sure, surely firsthand how things rarely go, how you intend them to go. <laughs> Uh, but it feels like, especially in the digital advertising world, I'm thinking of like, like Facebook advertising, Google advertising, we make these things seem so simple. And then you get into like your, your, um, ad manager, you're looking at like all the pixel information and it's like, okay, this is not going the way I wanted it to go. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: tell me what, what's your experience in, why does it feel like ads get presented in such an easy to play with way? And yet it seems like there's. It's, it's so hard to figure some of these things out sometimes for our business.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's relevant to me because I remember when I first tried to dabble in putting my own ads up with my e-commerce business six years ago and getting a credit card bill like two months later where I accidentally spent $2,000 and didn't even remember putting the ads up. I mean, it's so interesting how they make it so easy to like take the first steps and get the things up. And then all of a sudden, you're potentially losing a lot of money because it is actually a lot more complicated. And the depth of the systems is so much deeper than, is, than what is presented on the surface of... Facebook ads, I think, is probably a lot worse with that. And Google ads, you can, you can still find some success accidentally a lot of times. Um, so I personally, firsthand, have had the experience before I decided that this was the path I wanted to go down. Um, Inspired Focus Digital is actually my fourth business. So I kind of took all of the learnings that I had in my previous businesses and the in-between times where I went back to work for someone and molded it into this business because of a lot of those experiences where you um, lose money or you don't find the partner that you want to be working with that actually cares about helping your business grow.
0: You know, those pain points, it feels like they don't always get presented with the story we tell. You know, a yeah. lot of times people, they they tell the very sexy entrepreneurial um, or like the really cliche, like yeah, I don't know. I was just I sent one email and I, now I'm a multimillionaire <laughs> <laughs> by my course. But it, it feels like those pain points. I know for me, similar to you, the pain points are very much financially related. Of okay, mm-hmm. I I just dropped two grand and didn't even realize, you know. And it's kind of like when you think about running a business, it's like okay, this is going to cost a lot more than I realized. Um, I'd love to hear more about your story. You know, you mentioned six years ago. Uh, in your bio, I read out a few different, you know, all the way back to fourth grade, having sort of like entrepreneurial <laughs> spirit. Uh, it's fun to have someone on the podcast who uh, has these uh, this dabbling in entrepreneurship and business. Um, I'd love to hear more about kind of how you've gotten to the point of now running your fourth business, uh, Inspired Focus Digital.
1: Yeah. Well, I like to say that I was born with entrepreneurship in my blood. My dad is an entrepreneur. He had several failings before he started the company that he's now had for 20 years that I worked for when he was launching it, um, when I was 15. And, you know, the, the story is that I, my first little venture was sewing scrunchies and selling them to my friends in fourth grade. Um, my first, actual LLC was a grocery delivery business in the mountains where I live um, when I was 22 years old. And it's so funny because that actually, I look back on that and I was getting clients without... I. Put up some random Squarespace website, and I was getting people reaching out to me without literally doing anything. I had it on the side of working for the town, running events, and I was like delivering groceries on the weekends to people's yeah. vacation rentals. Well,
0: and I, I don't mean I don't mean to date you, but what year was this that you were doing this grocery? Two thousand seven. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> really interesting to me is meeting someone who's doing something that in today's economy is yeah. so ubiquitous. I know. With. I mean, it's like you could have been a multi-billionaire if you had kept that oh, thing going. Right? I mean, you'd be a billionaire. But it's, 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 it's really interesting hearing you tell that story because it's like mm. there was an insight there. And yeah. I think that's kind of the magic of entrepreneurship is it's this, it's, well, what if we did it this way? And you essentially had this idea that was 13 years ahead. Really?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and that's just <laughs> kind of interesting, right? I mean,
0: it's, it's, it, anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. I just had to remark on that's, totally. that's, that's very interesting. Again, from like your entrepreneurial background, I think it speaks to sort of like this eye of, huh, I'm going to try this. And, and it, I don't know. I just, I just, continue. I didn't mean to keep I've you. thought
1: about that many times. And actually the really funny story about that business is I, you uh, I think it was 20, 2015 or 2016. I was asked to come to a startup weekend and just be like a seed person who pitched because mm-hmm. I, at that point had been pitching in front of investors with my social enterprise e-commerce brand and so they wanted me to just be an example so that other people would kind of have an idea of what kind of ideas to pitch and I was like okay well I'll I'll just pitch this idea I actually already did 12 years before but in a more modern way with like an app and and so still pre-Instacart and we got second place to a tiny home marketplace. Unfortunately, I didn't intend to like build a business that weekend. And I did, I ended up having a team of four and we, we built an app. We had like a working app before the entire thing was over the startup weekend. You're supposed to build a business within 48 hours. Um, it was an amazing experience. And I think about that business a lot because I was 22, 23 years old and I really wanted to ski on the weekends, which is why I stopped <laughs> doing it. And those are the experiences, you know, you have. I think my story in entrepreneurship is a little bit unique because you hear a lot of people who've been entrepreneurial forever and they actually often don't ever go work for other people. And in my in-between journeys of the different businesses I've started, I purposely chose to go work for people I felt like I could learn a lot from and and have the experiences that are in bigger businesses to understand the operations and the financials behind it and the pain that they experience Mm -hmm. so that I could take that and, and learn from it and do either differently or do the things that were working.
0: So you weren't, you weren't just hungry about it. You, you were thinking already, even at that point, I know I'm going to do, this is part of my blood. I'm going to be doing something. and I need to get this. I need to be exposed to these things so that I can do it well.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely have always been a strategic thinker that way. And mm. I I don't know that I knew I was consciously doing it. I've just always been the type that when an opportunity presents itself, I, I, I know I'm going to run another business. That part I know. And so I'm going to mm. take whatever I can out of it to do it better next time. And I would say even yep. to the point of going to work at Starbucks as a barista, which I did for a little while in between different things. I also ran marketing at a growing um, cup company that had a utility patent on a product. They could be the only ones to make it. So having these different experiences, you know, Starbucks has everything so perfectly uniform. And I learned about systems and how yeah. you can make a latte systemize. Well, if you can make a latte systemize, you can make anything systemize. So taking that into account when I'm building building this business today, ironically, I can see systems. I hate building them. So <laughs> one huge piece of advice I ever I give anybody when they're on a journey right now, I do a lot of mentorship with kind of up and coming agency owners. Oh. Um, is higher for the people that fill your gaps. Right. So while I can describe the system that needs to happen, I will literally gloss over and like walk away and go to a beach somewhere if I have to go into a project management system <laughs> and like build the actual system. Yes. So. Yeah. well,
0: I, I love what you're saying about you know it's it's never too early, I think to build those systems. Cause a lot of times Mm -hmm. I know many entrepreneurs, the way they perceive things like that, like even, even like some of the more, um, uh, traditional things like a CRM tool, but like these, these structures and systems you put on your business. I I know a lot of entrepreneurs they're thinking is, Oh, when I'm, when I'm, I don't say when I'm older, like when, when the business is older, when the business is more formulated, when it's bigger, and it's, it almost feels like the businesses who really take off are the ones who are aggressive about, um, I'm going to be really intentional on how we do business. Because um, it feels like there's too many entrepreneurs who they're kind of like, oh man, I'm an entrepreneur. And so what do I want to do today? You know, and it's, like, it's totally. kind of like, uh, it's synonymous with free spirit. And I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what ah. You know, and 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 obviously it's a beautiful thing to be an entrepreneur. It's incredible to be your own boss. But I sometimes I wonder if people, if the sexiness of it is sometimes the bigger pull than, okay, I'm hungry to innovate and I'm hungry to provide an answer that people don't have.
1: Yeah, oh. I definitely think that's true. And I mean, I've been through my fair share of pain in entrepreneurship. I definitely have grit. And I wonder too and you hear about it, there's a reason why such a high number, high number, high percentage of businesses don't succeed because it's not easy. It's very easy to get pulled into the sexiness of being an entrepreneur. But then once you're in the grit of it, it's so, it can be very draining. I love it so much. And I have so many days where I don't know why I'm doing it and I have Mm. to go back to those like deeper reasons of why and it's not because I don't want to go work for someone else. I will fully admit, I think I actually have now gotten to the point where I'm unemployable. Like I'm not probably going to go work for someone again, Mm. but I, I have those moments. I actually, it was actually after the last in-person PodMax event that I Woke up the next morning. I'd had this amazing day, interviewed on five podcasts. It was so incredible. One of those podcasts actually got named in podcast magazine under Andrew Yang to like or Wang. Oh my gosh. I can't remember. But um, <laughs> his Inspired Money podcast and as a great one to listen to. I had this amazing day, but it's amazing what we do as entrepreneurs in things are going so well. Oh my gosh. When is the other shoe going to drop because we Mm. go through this so much and it's so, um, like I said, draining. And I was literally at 6am the next morning looking at LinkedIn at jobs, which seems crazy, but it's one of the things we do because it's because it is so much and Mm. there is so much in the entrepreneurship experience. Um, and I didn't used to systemize. I mean, I did cause a huge part of my uh, journey was in events and you can't throw huge events without having really good systems. I just didn't know that's what I was doing until I got into this business. Today, I have an entirely remote team in three different countries and we have to be systemized for the work to get done. We have to get, be systemized. Um, and I had to, I had to hire out to make it happen in a way that actually meets the level of fulfillment that I want for my clients.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, Um, speaking about like the, the, um, sort of the emotional resiliency, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I think before I became an entrepreneur, someone was like, oh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I was (laughs) like, I was like, eh, okay. I mean, how hard can it really be? Right. And, um, I think I've personally like gone through like these moments of euphoria of like, Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, like this thing is going to be so much bigger than I realize, And also like the throes of despair and like, like what, like I have ruined my family. Like what? (laughs) And, uh, and I want to, I want to combine this with your, um, your drive to start businesses. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a, I think they're tied because, I think a lot of things that hold people back from really digging into their business um, and really committing to entrepreneurship is this fear of of loss. Um, it's kind of like the person, for example, who's like, oh, I'm so miserable in my job. And you're like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? i like, eh, I'll work here another five years. Because it's too scary to think about even not even starting off on their own, but even to apply somewhere else, even if they're miserable, right? Mm-hmm. And so you obviously have mastered the ability to put that 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 thought of what if I fail on the back burner and still push forward. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to know where that came from, how you've developed that, what has allowed you to get over that fear, uh, not just in starting the business, but especially day-to-day, the the <laughs> I'm going to push through, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep making it happen. I mean, what what's the secret sauce for that?
1: Well, we could have like a five-hour conversation about this, <laughs> but... Um, what's really interesting is that I wasn't always this way. It took massive failure for me to now be so much more confident in my entrepreneurship abilities, which I think is why I did keep going back to other jobs. I can look back today and say, I learned so much in those other jobs that allowed me to Have a really solid foundation in this business today. I learned so much in the businesses I started, but my first two businesses just worked. I was definitely one of those people where it just worked. The first one was the grocery delivery business. Worst kind of person. I mean, and I was I was the worst kind of person for myself, though, for real. Because, and I have a funny story about that. In that my first two businesses were successful. The first one was a grocery delivery business. I have no idea where that would be if I hadn't chosen to not ski instead of do the business. I'm glad I did that because I was young and enjoying my life. My second business was an event management consultancy. And I, I mean, just fell, kept falling into amazing opportunity over amazing opportunity. And getting to work in these incredible environments. And I was 27 years old and honestly my ego was so big. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and I burnt out. I, you know, was sick of 18 hour days and traveling all over the country and never seeing my boyfriend at the time, my now husband and father. And I was just tired. And I decided I was gonna jump head first into producing my own product and having an e-commerce store because that related to anything I had done before, <laughs> not at all. And I was at startup week Denver and there was this panel of people and they're all extremely successful business owners, multi-million dollar companies. And they're talking about these huge failures that they had. And I am, I literally thought to myself, I'm so lucky I've never experienced that. And it's not going to happen this time.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: Well, there is the universe providing me that opportunity because that business ended up draining me of all of my life savings I had built in my previous business. It nearly destroyed my relationship. I was depressed and exhausted and like in the depths of what have I done? Mm -hmm. Um, And like desperately trying to find place to land and that place ended up really being the launching pad of this business today, um, which was the Cup Company and an amazing entrepreneur. I learned so much from that he had built a multi-million dollar business. I got to see the inside of the operations and I also got to experience where the same difficulties I had in this little teeny tiny business existed on a bigger level and there were ways to deal with it. I also realized producing product is not my thing from doing it before and then going into working for someone else who had to mortgage his house to get to a point where they could even hire employees. I, I looked at that and was like I never want to do that to myself. And services where I I know I actually provide the most value. Mm. And All of those experiences together kind of culminated in building this business because I um, knew that I wanted to help people in a way where I could recognize the issues in their business. I could understand the operational constraints because I've been there. I've been there on the, on the very small side, but I've also been there in a business that grew to eight figures and sold to an equity form. And I could understand the constraints they experience that affect marketing. And so many marketing agencies don't do that. I couldn't find a partner in, in my position at Silly Pint that was a strategic partner when I'm a marketing director wearing 10 hats and trying to like corral cats and figure out and I need somebody that's going to help me and care about my business and I couldn't find that. So I was able to take all of those things and per- build a service that I needed and serve clients in that way, but also take all my failures and do things differently. So. You know, I went about this where I di- I had six clients on the side while working full time. I was working from like 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. or later every single day. And my commitment to myself, because I'd lost all of my money before, was I wasn't going to quit my job until I had doubled my salary. Mm. And that was very purposeful so that I could pay myself and I could hire somebody mm. and I could start from the ground up in a profitable position. And then I built from there using profit first. And that allowed me to not have to be afraid. I mean, I have moments where I'm about to invest in a new employee or I'm about to invest in a coach or a mastermind that I know will help level me up both the employee or like investing in a coach or something like that, a new training program. But you look at the numbers and it's like, okay, this is scary because if this doesn't work, that's a huge hole in my bank account. But I've gotten to a point today that I, I make strategic decisions so that I don't put myself in that position. I look at the numbers and I, I look at my P&L and I say, I have this in the budget and I have cash in the bank on the backside to be able to make that decision and grow my business and support my clients even more. So the, you know, it was actually going through losing everything, jumping off a cliff and losing it, realizing my ego had been a little too big and, and making different decisions on the other side that allow that has allowed me to be confident in building business.
0: Maybe this is a good segue to um, a bit more of what you do, in particular, um, with with Inspired Focus Digital. You know, I I mentioned at the start of the episode that advertising online is kind of this ambiguous nebulous it's like. Um, And I I think, uh, so a really good friend of mine runs an advertising business and he's amazing at it, but even he's said firsthand, this stuff is really freaking hard. It is hard to run ads because you're not... It's different to sell online than it is to sell in person because when you mm-hmm. pitch someone in person, and, I, and I, I love your background, by the way, in the startup world, you know, when you're pitching to an investor, when you're pitching to a person, you get so much more than their answer. You get reactions to certain points of your pitch. You get, th- you know, you get the facial expressions. On, online, you're just getting data and you, you have to be able to understand how to analyze that data in an effective way. So it's this really challenging environment to play in, and yet it feels like what we see on social media is this oversimplifying of it all. And mm-hmm. I and I don't I don't want to be harsh towards towards um, online advertisers in general. But you and I, I think maybe I before I hit record, we had joked about, you know, the person who's in front of the Lambo or is in front of, you know, <laughs> yeah. I remember I was a guy who uh, he, he had taken this picture in front of this house and I was in this like this private marketing group. And he was like, what do you all think of my ad? And someone was like, dude, that's a nice house. And he's like, oh, it was a for sale house. And I just cropped out the for sale sign, <laughs> you know, and just took a picture on the inside of it. I was like, are you kidding me? And actually, when I first started my business, I had a, a guy I was partnered with who he was like, okay, we need to get you up in like the biggest condo in your town and shoot this video that, and basically say that that's your home. And like, this is, you know, your awesome lifestyle. And that's how you get people to to work with you as a service. And, and, you know, part of it's like flat out lying. You're like, you got to be kidding me. But also there's a little bit of you know, shaping of the truth and like really manipulating on people's buying behavior. And so I, and again, I don't, there, there's a place for online advertising. I don't want to negate, I don't want to make it negative, but yeah. I say all that to now you're obviously someone of integrity. You're obviously someone who understands business. What What's the role of how do we make social media and online advertising work? Uh, especially for those who, of us who are listening, who are thinking about online advertising, they're thinking about their business and they're just thinking, how the heck do I grow this thing? Especially, surprise, surprise, we're still in the middle of COVID. How do yeah. I grow my business online when I can't go talk to someone in person?
1: Yeah. Well, and totally right now with COVID, it's a huge topic of conversation because a lot of people who have brick and mortar businesses or wholesale businesses need to figure out a way to make this work online. And it is exactly as you're saying it's a totally different beast and it's a different way of of selling and there's a lot of people who do exactly what you were talking about in in my space other agency owners that you know are gurus and and try to sell you on how successful they are I think real estate agents do this I think a lot of people in different in different sectors do that same kind of behavior um And we see it a lot in the digital marketing space. And when it comes to, you know, I concentrate very heavily on two sectors, e-commerce, because that is the background that I had before starting this business and coaching and consulting because I've also done that. And so I, I deeply know those businesses and the operations behind them. And, you know, in reality, it's actually the same as selling in person and there's a lot of things that we can we can do to replicate that experience and do it with a really authentic integrity driven way of going about it where we're not having to sell your soul sell your soul and <laughs> yeah. I, you know I actually struggled a lot with even getting onto podcasts and starting to put content out there myself because I wanted to be authentic and I didn't want to be looked at like one of a guru who's just trying to like play the game like everybody else. And I've realized that that's actually a huge reason I need to be doing this because there's so much information business owners don't get and they're just being sold to. And so when it comes to the online advertising game, there's some just basic foundations that people need to know, to know if their advertising is going to be successful. It's not a black box that a lot of people kind of represent it as it's, as we were talking about earlier, it's either represented as super complicated and, and I can't even explain to you why it works or super, super easy. Right. And it's actually somewhere in between. And yeah, I love that. there's, there's, when it comes to selling your products online, whether it's coaching and consulting and high ticket or a physical product that costs $30, there's some basic things you need to be looking at. You need to be looking at what is your conversion rate. So how many people that come to your site are making the next decision, whether that is giving you their information so that you can have a conversation with them, whether it's actually making a purchase, those conversion rates on leads and purchases have a huge effect on if your advertising is going to be successful. So looking at that, looking at what is your average order value and is your cost per an initial ac- like acquisition of, of a customer going to actually cost you more than the sale? Mm-hmm. And if so, is that okay? Do you make money on the back end? Do you have subscriptions or do people repurchase regularly? Knowing how much you make from a customer is a massive piece of the formula and the equation to know if your advertising is going to be successful. And I would say that 85% probably of the calls I get on with prospects and business owners where we're talking about strategy, they don't know these numbers. These are not numbers that they were told that they need to to. Understand at any point when they got into trying to sell their products online, and they're vital. But so many people will try to convince you to pay them to run your advertising and never even look into these things and then blame you right. when it doesn't work. When in reality, the conversation probably should have been had ahead of time of, you know, before you run advertising, work on these three things. And there's other pieces like, do you have email automation to make sure that people are nurtured and Mm -hmm. come back and you're not leaving money on the table? Right. So all of those are foundational pieces that I want business owners to know and be understanding of before they, you know, make the decision to advertise. And then on the other side, on the actual selling side, um, there is so much opportunity to actually present yourself authentically in the same kind of way you might with a conversation. Yeah, it's a little bit one-sided. So you're putting out advertising that is your side of the conversation, but you've, if you've been in business, you've had these conversations with your customers, you know what they're interested in. So I always recommend that people do um, concentrate on video. They uh, Focus on a customer journey ads. So interviewing their customers with the experiences that they've had so that other people can relate to it. These don't have to be high production value. You can do it on zoom, um, do FAQ videos. So all of your frequently asked questions, take 10 of them. That's 10 pieces of video you can use in advertising and you're actually having like a good authentic conversation with your potential customer. Um, Your why story, founder stories are always really, really good. And then product walkthroughs, like showing why this is something you want to buy the same way you would in a brick and mortar store or Mm. in a conversation that you're having one-on-one with somebody. Mm. And one thing that people always miss is a thank you video. Send an ad out after somebody purchases, thanking them and encouraging them to like share with the people that they love whatever experience they just had. Mm -hmm. There's so many of these pieces where we can create authenticity and, and
0: Uh, how often do you find yourself talking to, and I know we're almost out of time talking to business owners who they're really excited about digital. They're really excited about online, but then you start talking about, um, so here's a great example. I was working with a company where, um, we were talking about online sales and we talked about this video conversation And the owner was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm doing like just that squeamishness that, that sort of like, I don't want to. So like how, how often do you kind of have that come to Jesus? Okay. If you're, if we're going to sell, you got to get over these apprehensions. Uh, And then how often do you find people who are just like, okay, this isn't for me?
1: Uh, On both sides. It happens a lot Uh, with my team and my agency. it, It is kind of, um a conversation of that has happened to work with us but we also help you work through a lot of that because because it is vital and and you know you can run ads we see them all the time right static image ads that um people put up and they work, they work to a point, but they don't actually grow your business. They don't build authenticity and they don't build raving fans. So that's the conversation we have is what, what do you want to do? Like how, what is your goal in this? And mm. if you want to grow this brand and you want to have people that love you, these are the kinds of steps we mm. have to do.
0: And how bad um, do you want it? Right.
1: And how bad do you want it? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, in this current time period. There's not that much of a choice. there is the choice to go a different route, but it's not going to build you a brand for the long term online and that's yeah. you know that's a hard decision to make though I get it i i <laughs> I relate to having the squeamishness yeah. myself, so
0: well, Jamie, this has been just an incredible episode. Um, I, I almost wish we had another hour. I just feel like there's so much more to unpack. We're, we're going to have to have you on again at some point for a round two conversation. I would conversation. love to. <laughs> it would just be, It would just be great, especially as the online world continues to evolve as businesses. I mean, we didn't even really get into the startup conversation and I have, that's another whole conversation I love to get into because totally. we do have plenty of startup founders who listen to this podcast. Um, so for people who are listening, who they're thinking just like me, they're like, I need more Jamie O'Connor in my life. <laughs> what, what does it look like for them to engage with you, follow you, maybe even work with you? Uh, what, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, so I'm actually launching these consulting pods is what I'm calling them in January where I'm putting five like business owners together into a pod. It's like if a mastermind one-on-one coaching and group coaching had a baby, that's kind of what it's going to look like. Um, And so that is an opportunity I do have coming up next year, but I would say that I've put together this document that talks about all these foundations that we were just talking about that is going to be a framework for that program. And I'd love to give it to any of your listeners just to have it and be able to read through it. Um, It was something I kind of decided this morning as I was working on the document. So I don't have a landing page for it, but they can just email me on my personal email. And that is Jamie, J-A-I-M-E, at inspiredfocusdigital.com. And i you'll probably put that on the on the page so you can easily find that. Just email me that you heard me on the podcast and that you'd love to get that document. And hopefully it can help you think through some of those foundational pieces and provide you some info.
0: Perfect. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thank you. This was so fun. Can't wait to be <laughs> back.
0: Great. Uh, For our listeners, hey, uh, this episode is going to be live sometime probably, uh, you're probably going to be listening to sometime in February. uh, At this point, uh, I'm sure all these, these links and landing page and whatever else you can do to follow up with Jamie is going to be more fleshed out. It's actually going to be down in the episode description below. Her email is also going to be in that episode description, description below. So make sure you check that out. Also, hey, if you're a first time listener, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. Also, if you love this episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Hey, remember we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash good advice. You can be a sponsor for the show and even get your business advertised in the show. Heck, I would know plenty of businesses who would love to be at the start of this episode because this was absolute dynamite. Uh, As always, thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. See ya.